welcome to a very special episode of the corner three uh we're fresh off a victory in the nba finals and this is our last podcast of the season uh, it's a special day uh bailey what are we talking about this week well as you said a champion has been crowned the bucks won the nba finals the 2020 2021 nba finals uh, so props to them. We're going to talk all about game six as we've been following it throughout the series. So game six, you know, what did the Bucks do right? What did the Suns do wrong? Um, and then, of course, now that the season's over, something that everybody looks forward to, free agency and lots of possible trade targets and things like that. So we'll, we'll talk about a couple of those, maybe what we're looking forward to in the offseason before we wrap up. Should be an exciting episode. Oh, yeah. Well, we didn't introduce ourselves, but this week, a very <laughs> special guest, we have Anthony with us. I didn't I didn't introduce our name, so we didn't even know. But if everyone listening, we have Anthony with us this week. I'm basically Anthony a guest now, but again, guys, I've been going for a long time. So, hey, <laughs> pardon me on that one. It's just good to be back. We are happy back. to have you back and have somebody else to bounce off of me and Andy have been trying to like fight over, Oh, should we agree on this? Or do we, do we take different takes? It, yeah. It's been a, a an interesting exactly. battle what we're going to do, but need somebody to disagree with. And that's where ex- I, that's where I step in. Exactly. <laughs> that's and, what I have to offer. And somebody who brings up the Lakers 24 seven so that we can bash on the Lakers. Oh, you know, after who, that. Who, me? Oh, not me. <laughs> not me. Lakers are the best. Yeah. <laughs> so uh so milwaukee bucks milwaukee wins uh something we weren't expecting after game two what are the thoughts how did milwaukee uh how did milwaukee pull it out what are your thoughts yeah, after watching two game words two? two words how did milwaukee win Giannis antetokounmpo or the greek freak there's no other i mean Yes, uh, Drew Holiday's defense on Chris Paul was great throughout the uh, second half of the series. Chris Middleton had a couple uh, really, really you know great games, but the Bucks aren't even in the finals, much less winning it without Giannis. We all know that, and uh, he figured out how to uh, push his way through a wall and keep uh, keep playing his game. Respect to that, um, I think it's. I mean, your best player always going to get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to leading a team there. I think it's more defense, to be honest with you. I think it's a team unit. They had the Phoenix Suns not playing like the Phoenix Suns for a long time. So the way they've played throughout this entire Western Conference um, playoffs all the way to the finals where they were lights out from the three-point line, they played amazing. And after the first, you know, few games, it was just they weren't playing. They weren't able to get into the groove that they had. And the Bucks figured out a defensive scheme against them, and they just stuck with it. So I feel like I think, you know, of course, Giannis coming through offensively and as well as other players, but I do think defense had a lot to do with the Bucks. I agree with the defense. I think, I think sometimes good defense in general and a good defensive play can really kick off the team. So we think about – for me, the turning point in the series, uh, the block on Aiton for that alley oop. I think, I think we talked about last week. When you look back on that series, that's the turning point. The turning point because if if Aiton had finished that, finished that slam, finished at the rim, I think we see we see the Suns possibly winning that game, 
the Bucks not picking up momentum, possibly being down 3-0. But Giannis, just a little bit of effort to turn around and get that block at the rim. The effort that's into that, the good defense, team communication, I think really turned the tide in the whole series. I agree. Great point. So while I, while I agree with all of what you guys said, um, it is a team game and there is, you know, the, that team and organization as a whole focuses on defense, plays great defense and they do it well, but uh, a pretty big key to that defense is Giannis. Like you said, that block, you know, the biggest defensive play, um, Mm -hmm. maybe sec, depending on, you know, Drew Holiday steal there as well. Um, uh, in, in game five, you know, both of those uh, were great defensive plays, but Giannis is, he was a defensive player of the year last year. Um, he, he's the anchor uh, to this defense. He's the, the lifeline. He, bre- you know, brings heart into the team, gets them motivated, gets them going. And he put his head down and went to work. This team doesn't, you know, this team doesn't make the finals without him. And just the fact that, uh, he sets the tone for that team. So while, you know, you never want to, you don't want to say that or uh, belittle the rest of the team's impact uh, in, a, in a team sport whatsoever, uh, mm-hmm. but Giannis was the star player who sets the tone for this team, and he set it at a very, very high level. I get that. Yeah, I can, I can give you that. I agree. Um I mean, but Giannis has been said to me, Giannis hasn't shown me anything that Giannis hasn't done in the past few years. To he scored 50 you, points in a game winning. Don't get me wrong. Don't, no, 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 Won no, no, the no, no, finals. I'm, he I'm, scored I'm, 50 points. Uh, that is not, that's not a diss. <laughs> that's more of how amazing Giannis has been playing. Yeah. Uh, I think Giannis has always played really good. They just couldn't get over the hump um of just getting just getting over a, a a tougher team that they find in the playoffs and i think that finally um having someone like drew was a great addition to the team having so having some of the additions that they got great additions to the team which allowed them to even though he's going to play at your at the height of the best player is going to play you expect that from Giannis. he has a good core group of guys who's going to back him up and so that's why i just think you know um, of course, the 50 points, that's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I just think that it's just that he has more of a core group of guys for the other games that were won, you know, to be honest with you. so I will say this with Giannis. Uh, while, while you said there's nothing we haven't seen, like, you know, we've seen him do it all before. We've seen him, you know, this is a man that's won regular season MVP. This is a man that is defensive player of the year. I think it's special when you see in a finals game, especially for someone's legacy, when you see a player that's purely dominating, clearly the best player on both sides of the court. When I was watching the game, that's all I could think. You know, we look at the stats and we see, but but clearly Giannis was completely unstoppable. How many, I don't remember how many blocks. I think he had five, yep. but a couple of those were technical goaltendings, which, you know, you could argue. So, I mean, if you take those and they, they were blocks, he was a second, he was a second quicker. I think it was one or two. You know, you're talking about, six, maybe seven blocks in a game, dropping 50 points on the other side, going in the paint and actually hitting his free throws. Like 17 of 19. Yeah. That being what It was like 30% the rest of the series or 50%, something like it's that. It's crazy. To see a player that's, that's really just, just in his game on both sides of the court. I was loving yeah. seeing that. It's amazing. 
Yeah. What do you all think about the Suns, though, when it comes to how they played, how they feel short? What's your thoughts on the Suns? Um, I think a lot of what you said earlier, the Suns didn't look like the Phoenix Suns that we saw all season and uh, throughout the playoffs when they were, you know, they when they swept the Nuggets and when they were taking out all other teams, 4-1, to 4-2, to things like that. Um, they just didn't stick to their identity. And then I think the two uh, biggest issues that came through with that were with um, you had, especially in game six, Chris Paul in game six didn't look like a point guard. Chris Paul seemed like he forgot how to play point guard. He was, he was playing a bunch of ISO basketball. There was very little ball movement um, throughout the game. And that comes through and they only had, uh, 14 assists in the entire yeah. game. 14 assists. That's not the, Phoenix Suns. That's not the Phoenix Suns. That's not, and that's just not how you win a basketball game. You don't win uh, against a very even team by only getting 14 assists. So a lot of ISO basketball. Um, and then also DeAndre Ayton. He did not look like he was ready for an elimination game in the finals. You know, you you could just see. Uh, throughout his defense, you know, this is a guy who I'm I'm guessing, you know, with how smart uh, the coaches in the NBA are today and uh, watching video and how much they had been game planning for Giannis. You know, I'm guessing they told him exactly, you know, what they want him to do as Giannis is driving in on him. You know, meet him, put your chest into him, uh, you know, block, make a wall, all that sort of things. And he just didn't look like those were things that he was not executing. Giannis would come in and he'd meet him with his shoulder and Giannis would spin off of him to the other side and get a dunk. Just little things like that, that I would imagine were in the game plan that he needed to execute that uh, his coaches told him that he just wasn't there. And I think there was a, there was a moment that I specifically noted down in the third quarter, the Suns were only down by two at this point in the third quarter, it was 71 to 69. And uh, Chris Paul is on the sidelines talking to DeAndre. And you could tell, like, Chris Paul was just trying to motivate him, you know, trying to bring him up, you know, get him to be the powerful um, player uh, that he can be. And Aiton wasn't even looking at him in, in the eyes. You know, he, he was staring off onto the court. And his reaction to uh, Chris Paul was, all right, yeah. All right. Okay. Like he, he wasn't, he, he just did not seem in it, wasn't with it. in in trying to, um, you know, we talk about the greats imposing their will on the game or on the defense on the opposition. He just wasn't there. And, and this is a young team, young players. Um, uh, I, I feel like I'm going on a rant now, but we forget that this is the bucks who have all have been this close for the last three to four years. I mean, the last three, four years, they've been the best teams in the rest in the uh, regular season. Right. So they were, they were always on the fringe. This was a great, has been a great team for a while. Like you said, they got better. They, they made uh, uh, improvements to their roster. And this is a young Suns team who hasn't been in the playoffs at all, who then they come into the playoffs. They only had one team member, Jay Crowder that had been to the finals before everybody else this, you know, hadn't been to the finals before. And for most of them, this was their first playoffs and they're making it to the finals. So, you know, you don't want to harp too much on not being able to rise to the occasion because 
they're, they're young guys. They're going to learn from this. They're going to get better. Um, and they were just a young team. I agree. I think um, youth will show itself at some point. Uh, and when it comes to the finals, I uh, haven't seen too many times that it hasn't. Um, usually at some point, even with somewhat one of the greatest, the, probably the greatest player of our generation, LeBron James, it took him a while to get that chip. Right. He's gone there. He's played amazing during playoffs, but to actual actually get the chip to end the finals, that's a whole different peak, a whole different level of playing. Um, unless sometimes you just, you know, some at some points like teams score and they just play easier teams than normal finals teams. But most of the times it's it's a it's a tough next move for that player. So as long as Chris Paul's been playing and as talented as Chris Paul's is, this is his first finals. End of the day, this is his first finals. Yep. So um, it's it's going to be tough for the Suns. I think a lot of it was what was tough for the Suns is that it was just a bunch of youth and their veteran who was a veteran is an asterisk next to it because he's never been to the finals. And if you really look at it from Chris Paul's standpoint, the the biggest playoff games that he would have been a part of, he did not play. A lot of these biggest playoff games, Chris Paul was not – he was vacant. He was injured. He was not there. So this is some of the first, like, real big games we're seeing from Chris Paul in the playoffs, as good as we know he is. um, And he has a whole young team looking up to him. So at this point, I feel like the team was just a little too young and their veteran wasn't as prepared as most veterans usually are in that moment. They're playing. They're playing against uh, <laughs> one of the best defensive teams in the NBA, and of course, we all know defense wins championships. So you're playing against one of the best defensive teams, and they're youth-wise, maybe almost as you know not as the youngest you, but they're better defenders. Then shots may not fall as easy, but defense is always there. So that's. That's the one thing that will prevail. So I feel like towards the end, what I saw simply is that um, when the Suns and the Bucks were playing, it just felt like the Bucks after that block, as you said, after that first win, they simply, if you just want to put it in simple terms, they just wanted it more. As close as the game was, it was just one of those things like at, when it's two minutes left in the game, who wants it more? And each time it was the Bucks. So I feel like, and, and, you know, I just feel like that was really just kind of the heart of it at that moment. And because both teams were young, you know. Yeah. So, And I think, too, like you said, it's hard to win in the finals. It's it's extremely hard to win in the finals. So we talked about before, there's games where the Bucks would have one player not playing good. Like they'd have Middleton and Giannis playing good and Holiday playing bad or – Holiday and Giannis playing good and Middleton not hitting his shots. So I think it's the same with the Suns. That's what we saw towards the end, right? So Booker was putting together 40-point games that were in losses because, you know, the rest of the team wasn't really playing well. Maybe Chris Paul had a lot of turnovers or who was sharing the ball a lot. And then we get in the final game, and Chris Paul plays relatively well. Stat-wise, didn't have a bad game. But then Booker had, what, less than 20? Booker, Booker didn't have a lot. But I think Booker had 15 points. So I think that's hard, especially when you're talking about the competition level is that hard in a single game. They're both bringing their A game. They're playing great defense. And your second best player 
just isn't playing like himself. So I think with that, if you have your second best player or arguably your first best player dropping 15 instead of 40, it's hard to win the game. Booker at 19. But yeah. Okay. Not many yeah. more than 15. Sure. I get you. That's I think true. if Booker got 30, 40 points, and he was hitting more of his shots, you're talking about a different game. But he didn't. Yeah. Um, another thing that I had written down, uh, you know, stats only, you know, you can't base base the whole game off of stats, but they do help tell a story that uh, the Bucks had 19 turnovers. 19 turnovers to uh, the Suns. Let's see. Um, I think it was 15. So they, they had four more turnovers uh, than the Suns did. How many points do you think, if you had to guess, off of 19 turnovers, how many points did the Suns score off of those? Take a random guess. You'd expect at least 20, but I'm not going to say okay. that they did that. Eight. Ten. Dang it. Ten mm. points off of turnovers. Yeah. Off of off of almost possessions. Eight, eight of those were unforced turnovers, too. Mm. So you're talking about on a day where the Bucks weren't taking care of the ball very well. Eight unforced turnovers is not good, <laughs> much less almost 20 yeah. uh, in general. So, you know, you don't win basketball games off of only 10 points off of turnovers. Those are things that you got to capitalize on as a team um, and, and make things happen. I wanted to say this one thing, too, on this podcast, how easily our minds can be switched because of the the playoffs i just feel like our mind can be switched about individual players because of the playoffs i just think that's pretty crazy um not as much as the suns because yeah the west was injured but we don't really know with the suns what they would have done in that situation um i think i talked about that the last time i was here we don't really know uh-huh. but even when it comes to the bucks like kd shot he his foot was on the line like he hits that shot What's the whole viewpoint of Giannis? Oh, Giannis may not be able to. He may not do this. He doesn't have what it takes. Yada, yada. He's got All no this, bag. Exactly. <laughs> All of these lines, these one-liners about Giannis and what, what have you not, right? Giannis doesn't have that last 50-point game. The Suns come. They beat. They may beat on those two games. Oh, Giannis doesn't. He's one-dimensional or whatever. It. Literally, like a few games can change the entire aspect of the way everyone looks at you, and I find that kind of amazing. You know, when it comes to the playoffs, mm-hmm. what's what's great to me? Yeah, uh, I I agree with everything you just said, but um, to me, that also speaks to just the work that Giannis put in into not letting people get into his head, not letting you know the media and all the stories and. James Harden calling him out for driving and dunking and all these uh, players and uh, media trying to say that uh, he's not, he can't be elite or lead his team to a championship, but he just kept working, kept at it. And when it counted the most, he sure. made sure that he showed up. He didn't let a defense stop him, you know, which to be fair, they, they shouldn't just because of how large he is and how fast he is running. <laughs> <laughs> one way or another he's getting to the basket so exactly. uh you know we can always talk about how stars fade from the spotlight we think of lebron's first finals with the heat 
he kind of shrunk away. It seemed like he kind of disappeared in that series against Dallas. Um, and then you talk about the two that they won after that. He played great. Giannis, he, he certainly didn't shy away from the spotlight. He knew his role. He knew what he needed to do, and he stepped up and did it. Yeah. I think that's two things I've learned. I learned that in this situation, um, Giannis will not shade away from the spotlight, and neither will Booker. I don't think – even though Booker had bad yeah. games – uh, I would say even though he had bad shooting games. What was it, 83 points in two games? Game he, uh, three and four? He is or an two and three, animal, something man. Like that. He, is, he is a score. There's nothing you can really do about him. It's, <laughs> it's just an issue. And sometimes it amazes me to think about, you know, how, as how good Booker is, but there's players that I could consider better than Booker who have not been to the playoffs. So it's kind of – it's crazy when you when you think about it in that way. It's like who in the right situation – could really prove that they're better than what you think of them to be, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do find that amazing. But I will say what I've learned from the Suns is that, yeah, Booker will not shy at points. Sometimes I was like, if I didn't know, if I didn't know basketball, I would be like, well, I thought Booker was the Hall of Famer and Chris <laughs> Paul was the guy that was backing him up at times. It was like, in the finals, that is, not in the. The yeah, entire yeah, yeah. playoffs, but yeah, yeah. Booker, man, he's he's still winning. He's still winning. No matter what, <laughs> exactly. this is his first finals, but he's winning. He's winning in life. So he's he's good. He I'm fun. a fan. And yeah, and the Suns have every opportunity. They're a young organization. They have uh, these players that'll be there for a while. So you know, the, these guys will learn from it. They're young, but it was immeasurable the amount of experience that they gained. And we'll be able to to improve from here. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about free agency a bit, but here's a little transition question. Let's ask the big free agent question with the Suns before we get into our free agent picks. Will Chris Paul be back next year? He's got a player option for a lot of money, but it's possible he could sign somewhere else. Chris well, he's Paul back. Be on the Suns. He's, he's back. back. Yeah, I think he's back. I, I I think he probably surprised himself. To be honest with you, I think. The going to the Suns was like, oh, this organization I could help and not stay. Same thing, you know. Like yeah. I'm been put in this situation. I want to make the best out of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely think he's gonna he's gonna decline his player option because he's got the. Uh, he, I'm pretty sure he can make more money. Um, next year if he if he declines the option i don't know exactly what the cap room will be available for the suns but if you have the opportunity to sign him back you sign him back after what happened this year um so uh i don't i don't think he wants to leave by any means but uh he'll probably try to get that last big contract of his career for whatever it is two years three years maybe and then uh if, if you're the Suns and you have the opportunity, you resign him. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think there's a better team for him. And if you look at a young team like that, the Re- Booker, Aiton, Cam Johnson, you know, Mikel Bridges are all going to get better next season. That's how young players work. So hopefully they'd be better next season, even better than they were this season, which is a good step up. And you know who else would be better next season? Anyone who gets some of these free agents. Ooh. That is a fact. Because the free agents 
They're available, some on player options, team options, things like that. But just to name a few names, you've got Kawhi Leonard, John Collins, Kyle Lowry, uh, Mike Conley, Evan Fournier, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Norman Powell, and it, the list goes on and on. Um, it's not maybe as strong of a, of a free agent class as uh, we saw last year, as we were expecting with Giannis having signed his extension, uh, but it's certainly a, a pretty good free agent class. So with that being said, what is uh, a free agent that you're excited to, or, you know what I forgot to mention is possible trade uh, uh, scenarios too. Yeah. Possibly Bradley Beal. We hear he wants out of Washington if he gets dealt. Russell Westbrook probably gets dealt. Uh, we have yet to hear what Damian Lillard's going to do. So out of all these options, who do you th- who are you most excited to see? Who do you want to see on a different team? And where might that be? This may surprise you, but it would be very cool. You want to Anthony see. Davis to leave the Lakers? What? <laughs> that is crazy. You know, what's crazy is that I'm actually going to go completely opposite <laughs> of the Lakers, and I'm going to go to Boston. I think that if Bradley Bill went to Boston, that would be a crazy fit. Who do they give so, up? Hmm? Who do you give up? Boston has you... people to give up. They do. And for if if Bill wants out, that may be some of the best fits for the Wizards. You know? Yeah. It may be the best fit. They may not want a they may not want a, a, a star that's just going to leave them in the next year. <laughs> so they may want youth and Celtics have an abundance of it. So that would be entertaining. I would say plenty would, of draft picks to trade yeah. as well. Bill and Tatum would be a tear. Um, that so would Bill be and Tatum. A, so would you give up Jalen Brown? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think it would too. Mm. It's Bradley Beal. It's Bradley Beal. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I mean, like, I don't, I'm not giving up Tatum for anybody. No, no. I mean, not, not Tatum. At all. Yeah, I mean, excuse me. I'm not giving up Brown for just anybody. But for Beal, yeah. Nah, yeah, I would, I would do it. That's Two a difficult decision. Five that are buckets. Come on. If you get you, to put Beal and Tatum on the same team, you do it because they will trash right. most teams for the next decade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But free agent-wise, I am very – I think Kawhi is going to stay with the Clippers. Um, I think there's a chance. But Kawhi is such a wild card. You never know what Kawhi is going to do. He's probably one of the biggest wild cards that we have in the NBA. And I feel I, – I, <laughs> this, this probably comes off, like, negatively. I don't mean it negatively because, I mean, players, especially as free agents, that's your opportunity to do what you want but Kawhi doesn't have the uh, biggest record of like team loyalty. So he could totally go wherever, you know, (laughs) he's definitely one to watch as he's going to go wherever he feels he's going to win a championship. Which brings me to my point, the bias, the, I don't think it's going to happen, (laughs) but would be an amazing fit. I'm telling you. Okay. An amazing fit. Okay. Amaz- oh, amazing fit, yes. Okay. Basketball-wise, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Kawhi to the Mavs. 
would what never better... saw that coming. Would have what... never saw that. Yeah, one. never, never. What better fit, Luca? Someone that can get Kawhi the ball. Kawhi plays great off ball. Doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. An amazing defender. He is the perfect complement to Luca. Granted, Kawhi is the perfect complement to most players, but I don't know. I could see it happening. If I'm Kawhi, this is this is by the way not going to happen. Um, but I would like it to happen. I mean, the team pushes you to seven games. And then if you were healthy, you probably could have went to the Western Conference Finals. So what happens if you join that team? Championship. <laughs> Truthfully, I think it's closer than what you think it is. Um, it's not too far out of what the mass would do. Um, the, it, the only issue is that they're just paying Lucas so much money. Whew. They're going to pay Why? Yeah, Porzingis. No, Luca's no. still on a rookie contract. No, they're going to pay Luca crazy money. They're going to have time. to pay him a crazy amount of money. Yes. So, and of course, the, of course, the Mavs are going to do it. So that's that's the only thing I'm like, ah, oh, what what's the plan here, guys? Like, you get Luca all this money, which he rightfully deserves, but nah, what's the plan here? Like, you know, when it comes to a full team, so. We'll see, but I think, I think if you Ka- can get Porzingis off the books, you're good. Yeah, but Kawhi's a Kawhi's a good pickup for the Mavs, I think, because oh. just especially since big men aren't just not really a thing anymore. You got what a few games in a year that you had to play a big man that's of a, a high a high talent. <laughs> Most of the time, they're just role players, so it's just like, uh... <laughs> yep. yeah. Having two pro- prolific scores is you can't go wrong with it. And then you see the free agents that would come in. You get the veterans to sign at that point because who's not gonna if Luke and Kawhi are on the same team, who's not gonna want to play there? You sure. know, you gotta you gotta pretty much if they get some veterans to round out the roster, you gotta trip to the finals there. It's true. That would be a, a formidable team for sure. I'll throw one out there just uh, of somebody who I want to see on a different team because I want to see them succeed and I don't think they can do it where they're at currently is Damian Lillard. I don't think, you know, he's he's 30 years old now. Trailblazers don't seem to be, you know, they they quote unquote went all in this year by trading for Norman Powell. That didn't really work out well for them. (laughs) That didn't do a whole lot. Um, so it just really seems like, and they kind of, uh, I think, uh, Terry Stotts became the, the scapegoat for that. Um, but I don't think he's a bad coach whatsoever. So I would like to see Dame in a, in another spot just to try to see him be a little more successful. I don't know if it's possible because I don't know what their cap situation or how many draft picks that they have or anything. But a team that I would love to see him on. The Lakers. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Denver Nuggets. If the Denver Nuggets were to give away Michael Porter Jr., some draft picks, and whatever they do to keep Jokic and Murray, and you add Dame to that, and game that. over. <laughs> Game over. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's tough. Hmm. 
Yeah, See, I was thinking that's that's such a random team. It just does not look like Damien. It just doesn't feel like a Damien ran team. Mm. Uh, how do you? What no, team be, isn't? Be, what be, team wouldn't be it? What team wouldn't be? No, Damian I'm, I'm, I'm looking team, at it from I'm, whatever I'm team looking, he goes to. I'm looking from a Damien standpoint, not from the franchise standpoint. Every team's going to want Damien Lillard, <laughs> right? <laughs> but but even for him, you know that that's why point guards are great, right? Point guards. You know, as Aren't. random as this is, I just kind of want to see. <laughs> I want to see Oakland go for him. <laughs> I think it would be really cool. Uh, I want to see, see Golden State try to figure out no. a way to get him. No. That would just be really fun. I'm tired of seeing Golden State win. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll say it. I've said it. <laughs> I love watching fun. Steph play. Clay Thomas is a great. Thompson is a great shooter. I'm done seeing the Warriors in the finals. <laughs> Oh man. Man, you know who I'd like to see? I'm gonna throw out a third team here since we all want to see Damien go somewhere. Uh Sixers. As a package around Ben Simmons. A little Joel and B Damian Lillard action would be pretty dope. Mm. That would be great. Um yeah. it's just the fact that not a lot of people want Ben right now. But that's fair. Uh, <laughs> I see least, your point. At least not especially not for what Philadelphia is gonna want out of him. <laughs> but uh yeah the the 76ers fans certainly don't want ben simmons <laughs> so uh they would like to see that upgrade as well anybody from philly would agree with you there all right uh andy kind of answered his but one last thing before we wrap up this season um anthony who do you want to see if they could pick anyone who do you want to see on the lakers oh thought you never ask um <laughs> Let's see. Honestly, if I want to be realistic, because of course I will go for the top names of the the entire free agency. That would just make sense, right? Right, of course. Yeah. Chris Paul, Kawhi, they just take super huge pay cuts. No, yeah. But, um, but in all real in all realness, I feel like the most realistic is DeMar. Hmm. I think DeMar is more realistic. Um, Cal, that would have to be almost like a we're going to play for Lakers anyways type thing. Like they would have to take pay cuts and not mind taking pay cuts strictly because they want to play for LA. It'd be like, we've already made the decision and it's best for our families. But um, given the fact that, yeah, it's probably not going to be both. I would say I would want DeRozan. I think DeRozan has been kind of scapegoated as a bad, offensive player as much or not as good as offensive player because of his San Antonio background. Now, um, just, you know, right before San Antonio, he was an amazing score and he goes to San Antonio and everything changes. Yeah. Coaching and everything changes that. I think DeMar still has a lot of ability. So I think he'll be actually be kind of a sneak pick for the Lakers, especially Mm -hmm. since the fact that his stock has went down because of his last few years. So I, I, if I was to choose, I think uh, the priority would be let's get DeMar to L.A. Um, because that's what we realistically can afford. <laughs> with yeah. the, you know, especially with the fact that just going off the fact that we haven't traded anyone and done anything yet with the team that we already have, DeMar would help a lot, I think. Um, but, yeah, that's my, that would be my, my choice. Speaking of DeMar DeRozan, do you think uh, that DeRozan and Kyle Lowry 
would take a pay cut to go somewhere and play with each other again. 100%. I think they would. I think they want to, I think that it's the stars kind of aligned to where they're both free agents. They both have the ability to decide. They both love each other. And truthfully, if, if I was in the same position, it's like, at this point, it's like, look, I'm rich. I'm rich. So I'd rather have fun and be still. But I don't stay, have, stay well, rich, stay rich. Damar doesn't have a ring. <laughs> yeah. And then I want to get a ring. Like I'd rather get a ring with yeah. my close friend um, at some point. So I feel like that, that may have a lot to do with it. If it's the Lakers, then cool. It's the Lakers, but it may not, you know, it may be some other team that they decide to jump on. Um, but I, I kind of right now in my mind, mentally, I think they're just a package deal. Unless mm-hmm. another team just messes up, yeah, then th- to me they're just a package deal. I don't see how they wouldn't mess that up. Um, yeah, yeah, yep. That would be. I think that'd be a good pickup uh, for them as well, and and relatively doable in DeRozan. Um, it was hard for me to choose just one when I think about Miami, so uh, I'll, I'll start with just. If I'm Miami, I'm entering the the trade sweepstakes for either Lillard or Beal and see which one I can get a better deal for centered around, you know, maybe uh, likely Tyler Hero um, and maybe try to work in maybe like a sign and trade with Duncan Robinson because they'll be able with his bird rights, sign him to a higher uh, sign him to more money and work out a sign and trade deal with one of those teams, things like that. Um, and just whichever one you can get a better deal out of with that team, bring one of those stars in. That'd be absolutely fantastic. If that's not available, um, while I want to say Kawhi, I just feel like he's too much of a health risk. We saw what Miami did in trying to take a uh, a leap in, in securing a, a better playoff hopes with Oladipo and his shaky health history this year didn't really work out well. So I'm just nervous to take on somebody like Kawhi. I would also go for a DeMar DeRozan. He, he definitely has the ability to score. We know it. Uh, he can bring a lot to a team uh, that knows how to utilize him well and uh, has that experience to, to help really any team. So I, I'd really like to see him in Miami as well. And sure, if Kyle Lowry wants to come as a package deal, because Miami was in advanced trade talks with Toronto for Lowry and the during the trade deadline anyway. Sure. <laughs> Why they not? look pretty good in red and black. So <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. See exciting things. Yep. It will be an exciting off season for sure. Uh, we hope to be able to come back to y'all uh, later. Uh, before the preseason training camp begins and reacts to all the free agency uh, chaos that is likely to go down uh, this year. Um, But that being said, this wraps up our very first season and our last episode of this season of the Corner 3. We had a ton of fun making this uh, season and, well, half a season, but it was a blast. We enjoyed being able to talk basketball with each other um, and have you all listen. So we really hope you guys enjoyed it. And I will say, as always, please give us a like or a follow, subscription, whatever it is uh, where that you listen. 
uh, to this podcast on and maybe give us a review. But with that being said, we will sign off for the last time. My name is Bailey. I'm Anthony. And I'm Andy. And this has been the first season of The Corner 3.